It's Monday, June 7th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. Tyler is not with us this morning, had an emergency meeting for the work things. You know, we got a job or we have jobs. We don't all collectively have one job. We each have jobs. Anyway, how's it going, Russ? It's going good. I do have a job. Um, one singular job. Well, that's not entirely true, I guess. Dad's a job, maybe, is what I oh, hear. There you go. I don't think of it as a job. It doesn't feel like a job, but it's a uh, responsibility. But it's yeah, a privilege. It, yeah, there you go. It's a privilege. Uh, baby girl is not feeling very good today. Um, I uh, picked her up out of her crib, and uh, it burned my hands to pick her up. So she she's feeling pretty warm, and she refuses to take her purple juice, as we call it, uh, otherwise known as Tylenol. Okay. In, or, in, in order to try and make her not be two hundred and 50 degrees yeah. to the touch but you know we're, we're working on it so Lindsay's gonna hang around in the morning <clears throat> and then uh, and then i'll take over and yeah i hope she gets feeling better fast I'm but sure I, I mean i can remember times like that with there was a specific night my second oldest was so hot and she refused to take any fever reducing just like would just smack out of my hand and scream and it's just so it's like all i want to do is help you you know right of course, I was probably the same way. Um, I distinctly remember like being, I mean, I wasn't, I don't remember being two and a half, but when I was probably like eight, my mom would set down the liquid medicine of whatever kind I was going to take. And I would just sit there yeah. and stare at it on the counter for like 45 minutes before I could work <laughs> up the courage just to take it. So now I think oh, of it man. as ridiculous, but man, as an eight-year-old, that's a big step, you know, yeah. to take that nasty medicine. For some reason, it reminds me of that scene in The Princess Bride with um what's his name and the sicilian no <laughs> <laughs> never go what against a, a sicilian when death is on the line what a great movie such a quotable yeah, movie. <clears throat> yeah. my name All is right. Nico montoya you kill my father prepare, prepare to, to die, die. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's blast through a quick uh today's yesterday in tech history <laughs> and then we'll right. get into some news Oh, man. Okay, so June 6th, yesterday, Sunday, this mm -hmm. is 2009, Palm releases the Palm Pre smartphone Woo! through Sprint in an attempt to regain market share after their trio line of smartphones is dwarfed by Apple's iPhone. Yeah, featuring Goodbye, the Linux-based Palm. <laughs> no chance. Featuring the Linux-based Palm WebOS operating system, <clears throat> the Pre receives some praise for technical reviewers, but due to poor marketing and the rapid pace in which Apple dominates the new world of smartphones, Palm series of phones, and the WebOS never really had a chance to gain a foothold. So, Did you ever operate a WebOS device by chance? Oh, maybe. I probably messed around with a Palm once, but I never owned one. I had the Palm Pre 2, I want to mm. say, um, because work provided it. Um, when I was at ah, HP... The phones that HP bought Palm. Well, that's what I was about to say. That it said within the course of one year, Palm is purchased by HP for 1.2 billion. Yeah. One year so, later, after just two months of abysmal sales of their touchpad, HP halts production of all WebOS-based devices. Yeah, it Quick was. Uh, it was pretty crazy. So, like, they HP acquired uh, Palm, and then everyone got the Palm Pre twos for work phones. So I had it. WebOS was fantastic by the way. Uh, I mean, a lot of the different attributes that you see today 
in iPhones and Android phones, like the way you manage multiple apps, for instance, is straight out of WebOS. Hmm. I mean, WebOS was really genuinely good. The struggle with WebOS, much like almost any other phone that tries to come into the market, is is getting developer support, and you just you just don't get it. And right. so that that was a really really smooth, well well built operating system. They eventually. I don't know if they sold it or used it for something else or, or, or maybe licensed it out. But LG, I think, puts WebOS in its TVs now. Yeah, Mr. So Zook it, it just said that in the chat as that. well. It must be true. Oh. Both of y'all think that that happened, you know? Yes, he did. LG TVs now run WebOS. There you go. Um, and so that's, that's definitely something I've seen coming. But it was awesome because it was actually my first tablet was the... Uh, I think it was, they, they mentioned something about the tablet or something on there that, yeah, the touchpad tablets that were not good. Well, they decided to basically give them away for an unbelievably low cost. And HP employees got first dibs. So I think I paid 90 bucks for that wow. first like 10 inch tablet that they had with web, with WebOS. And I got it and I modded it just to run Android. So it was just, nice. it was a really cool, it was like my first tablet I ever got. I remember reading, um, I can't remember the name of the book. It was a World War II book. It was like really, really well acclaimed. But I remember reading my first like digital book on that tablet. So hmm. uh, it was good times. I, I liked WebOS. Sad to see it go. Uh, but I really think that this is a uh, a dual duopoly, I guess you would call it, as far as smartphones go. I don't think we're ever going to see a third player really enter and yeah. uh, and have a chance. Yeah, it says if you uh, actually pull up uh, WebOS on Wikipedia, WebOS, also known as LG WebOS, oh. and previously known as Open WebOS, HP WebOS, and Palm WebOS, well, it's starting to sound weird in my head every time I say that, it is. <laughs> is a Linux kernel-based multitasking operating system for smart devices such as smart TVs that has also been used as a mobile operating system. So yeah, it eventually turned into uh, LG WebOS. WebOS. Stop saying WebOS now. yeah (laughs) all right let's move on to the next uh actually this one is today in tech history what switzerland welcomes the first drive-through bank this is on june 7th in 1962 the banking institution credit suisse also or sorry then known as no way i'm pronouncing that Schweizerischen Credit Tanalstestalt. Nailed no it. <laughs> Opens the first. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Opens the first drive-through bank in Switzerland, um, in uh, downtown Zurich, 1962. Good stuff. And now we don't even do drive-through banks because we just uh, cryptocurrency spend everything. I-, I remember distinctly when I was a kid, <laughs> we were sitting in the drive-through for. Uh, at a bank and we were going to deposit money. We're going to deposit a check. And I remember asking mom, I was like, mom, how much, how much money is on that check? And she was like, $5,000. And I was like, Oh my gosh, $5,000. I was like, can I have some of that? And she goes, (laughs) she goes, no, we, we have to use that to pay bills. And I was like, mom, there's no way we have $5,000 in bills. (laughs) You all have to realize we had, there were five kids and we had a very large home with a lot of land and a lot of people to like help us work it. Just, it was just a lot. It was very difficult to do when I was younger before they made me start doing it. And now these days I look to myself, I'm like, yeah, that $5,000 goes unbelievably quick. 
back then I thought that my parents had basically made enough money in order to never have to work again when they had right. that five thousand dollars. Like five thousand dollars, that's unbelievable. Give me some of that. Yeah. It's funny the the perspective, how quickly it changes. Okay, so reading more about this, um, just to be clear, this isn't the first drive-through. See, the, the title here on history.com is a little bit misleading. It's saying Switzerland welcomes first drive-through bank. And what I thought was interesting was it wasn't until 1962. But I think what they're saying is it's just the first drive-through bank in Switzerland. In because Switzerland. if you read on, yeah, it talks about like many developments in automotive culture, including drive-through restaurants and drive-in movies, drive-through banking has its origins in the US. Some sources say that Hillcrest State Bank opened the first drive-through bank in Dallas, Texas, in 1939. Or sorry, Dallas, Texas. You say 1938. Yeah, interesting. Another groundbreaking release yeah. in DFW. You're welcome, yeah, yep. Earth. Okay, let's Pretty move sure on. Pretty sure Bitcoin was invented here as well. Yeah, there you go. I could be wrong about that though. All right, what do you want to tackle first? Do you want to tackle Jack and Square with the hardware wallet for Bitcoin? You want to talk about Bezos and Blue Origin? I think I want to, talk, want to about talk about Bezos. Okay. Risking his life. Okay. So you I did know? not know this. Uh, maybe you saw it before I did. Uh, I did. I was Darren there in the chat dropped. Okay. Uh, what is this? So Amazon founder Jeff Bezos to be on Blue Origin's first human space flight? Yeah, which is happening soon. I think it's uh, in July. Is that right? I'm sure the article states it somewhere. Um, hold on one second. He and his brother, Mark, so apparently Bezos has a brother, um, will be launching into space yeah, on July 20th. From uh, what, what great state here, sir? West Texas? Ooh, West Texas? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know we launch anything from West Texas. but Oh, we launch a lot of stuff from West Texas. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure, actually, the, the first drive-in bank was actually launched in, in West Texas, uh, if I remember my history correctly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's just uh, listen. The Harvard of West Texas is out there, and, uh, and it's it's a great spot. It's a bright future if you spend some time out there. I, I got to say, uh, I mean, my first reaction to this is that I'm very surprised. Yeah, it's is the idea to show it just a significant amount of confidence in Blue Origin because let's be honest here. There's there's a genuine risk of no more Bezos anymore. Yeah, yeah. Is he prepared for that? I mean, I mean I both of them. Be. Both of them could be gone. I don't know if they have another brother, but. Um, yeah. He says, I want to go on this flight because it's a thing I've wanted to do all my life. It's an adventure. It's a big deal for me. I mean, look, he can do whatever he wants. Let's be honest sure. about it. Uh, it's just, I'm just surprised. Uh, the very first comment on The Verge says, one way trip for anyone wondering. <laughs> it's okay, fair enough uh i don't know i just when i first saw the title i was very surprised i i actually yeah. in a different article that i read before we had jumped on it mentioned that this would also have some form of i, I think they have a contest going there's a winner who's going to get to go up in this space flight someone's going to win some form of contest like be selected and drawing in order to go up. It didn't mention anything about his brother, but it sounds to me like there's going to be another individual going on this first flight that's going to be just from the general population and not, you know, an actual astronaut. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This you got three people I think making a a big leap of faith. Right? This one between the the Bezos brothers and whoever is is choosing to be a part of this competition and ultimately win it. 
or drawing. So I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy to me. I, I'm surprised, but you know, hopefully it all goes well. And uh, you know, we've we've done it quite a few times. Does it say if they're are they going to go anywhere like to the space station? Or are they just going to go up and come? Yeah, down? that's what I'm trying to pull up here. It says Bezos's rocket startup is targeting July 20th for its first suborbital sightseeing trip. So they're just going to go up to just below orbit, right? Which is still, I mean, you're in space, but you're just not out that far right. to where you hit orbit. A landmark moment in a competition to usher in a new era of private commercial space travel. Mm. So the startup was planning to charge passengers at least $200,000 for the ride based on appraisal of rival plans from Branson's Virgin Galactic Holdings. Blah, blah, blah. Global insurers is still in the early stages when it comes to covering liabilities surrounding space travel. Life insurers do not ask about space tourism or exclude it from their coverage. <laughs> <laughs> it says, quote, uh, you will sign this waiver of liability and, uh, and provided there's no gross negligence or willful misconduct. If you don't survive, unfortunately, there's probably no financial recovery. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so how, new does, how, does, sure. how does Bezos even get insurance? Surely he can't like yeah, who, who insures that guy yeah um i did find so it's not a competition or a drawing it is an auction that ends on june 12th and whoever the highest bid is is who gets that that other seat so the current high for the bid is 2.8 million dollars uh sitting as of today on june 7th so, so do you think there's any days. part of this where he saw musk whenever people were asking him whenever he would get on one of his own rockets and he said, probably after, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or I guess they were asking when he was going to go to Mars. And he was like, well, there's going to be a lot of people dying early on. This is like, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, frontier settlement type of stuff. And he's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let myself or anyone on my family on it until we've had like, you know, maybe five or six successful landings on Mars or something like that. Do you think he's doing this? Maybe a little bit jab at him? Maybe um, I could see him doing that, being that I don't know Jeff Bezos. Uh, at all just but knowing sort of his competitive nature i could i could see him wanting to do something like that although it's not quite the same level i suppose since it's they're not going to mars but maybe i could yeah. i could see him being that way uh, or at least privately thinking that even if he never if it never came out that that was a, a driver for him yeah a profile published in 2013 described a 1982 miami herald interview bezos gave after he was named valedictorian of his high school class, the 18-year-old Bezos said he wanted to, quote, uh, he wanted, quote, to build space hotels, amusement parks, and colonies for 2 million or 3 million people who would be in orbit. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Fair enough. Interesting. Yeah, I can't seem to find real quick how many flights they've done. I know they've, they've launched a few going back to... I mean, I can see stuff back to like 2015. I just don't know how many total flights they've done before he's, no idea. you know, strapping himself into a seat. But there you go. Apparently enough for him to feel confident to do it. Yeah. He's, he's nothing if not a calculated man from everything sure. that I've read about him. So he's feeling pretty good about yeah. the, uh, the likelihood of success. Yeah. But uh, it'll certainly make it one to watch. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like right. that fight last night. <laughs> oh man i just saw the uh the stuff scrolling along on twitter where basically you just see the memes of um there was one it was basically like a married couple 
that was like they're holding each other and they just put their two faces on them because basically that's all Logan was trying to do was hug him. Man, people say that a lot about Logan. I saw a whole lot of Mayweather trying to get in real close and not, I mean, he was forcing the issue. I I watched, I watched all eight rounds and Mayweather was forcing the issue to get close, which he should have. He's, you know, three feet shorter than the guy, but like, (laughs) you know, he, he was forcing that issue to get close. And when he did, you know, he would tie uh, Logan would tie him up, which is what he's supposed to do whenever a smaller guy gets close to him. So what I actually was impressed. Logan went all eight rounds. Yeah. That's impressive. He looked pretty gassed on some of the, maybe the the greatest fighter of all time. I get that he's 44, but well, I think, I think, I think people are going to argue about Ali. Yeah. You know, which is, which is tough to, to say that, you know, one's better than the other. But you know, fifty and oh, 27 KOs. The guy's the guy's an all time great at what he does. And Logan came off the street with an O and one record <laughs> against some other person. I didn't think it was a boxer that he fought that he lost to. Yeah, Ben and went eight rounds. No, no, no. He he beat uh Ben Askren, which was uh or Askren, is that how you say the name? Yeah. Logan Paul did? Yeah. He he fought well, an MMA fighter. Well, I don't know why they said he was 0 one then on the broadcast. He was. I, I think he's. I think he's one and zero or two and zero or something like they that. They said he, he was 0-1. I mean, they distinctly said zero huh. one. They That's showed weird. it beneath his name. Said zero and one. That's interesting. I wonder if that was a typo, because he knocked out. He knocked out. Um, ah, what's his name? The former NBA. No, he was two and zero. He knocked out uh, two people before this fight. They said he was zero and one. NBA player <laughs> and an MMA fighter. Nate Robinson. Yes. That's the one. Thank you. Um, nonetheless, they said he was 0-1. But regardless, he went the whole eight rounds. And, I mean, he got in some shots. Nothing was crazy. The, the fight was fairly boring. But, I mean, I seriously think if people are going to say, you know, that this was – this is just people, you know, obviously, uh, for whatever reason, people don't like Logan Paul. I don't know. I don't know the guy. And so, the – He's an they insane just, gonna, goof. Well, who cares? Like, just, I mean, that's just no, what he know, does. But, that's who he is. Yeah. It's, it's made him wealthy, but it's like people are going to, they will not give him the benefit of the doubt, but Floyd Mayweather pressed forward to get close. Logan Paul tied him up. His advantage was distance and Mayweather's was, you know, closing that distance. That was his advantage. So they're both trying to prevent one or the other. I could say the same thing about Floyd Mayweather straight up running backwards for at least half the time. Really he would not engage at distance. He just kept stepping back the whole time. And he did the same Logan thing Ball to Pacquiao. He did yeah. the same thing to um, McGregor. Which but don't he wrong, wore them like both out and he beat him. That's the way he, he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't go for knockouts. He's the guy who goes in and tries right. to, he, he's trying to win, you know, the points battle. And that's what Which makes he him did, great. Right. hundred percent. He, he yeah, landed absolutely. more punches. For sure. He landed more punches overall. And he landed a higher percentage of his punches as well. Yeah. It was just a fight that had not a singular knockdown. No one was knocked really? into, no one wasn't even knocked into like the corner or into the ropes, like wow. none, none of it. So like, you know, it's, it looked like a fight that was less brutal than something I've seen in a middle school locker room. <laughs> right. So, just saying. Less brutal than something I saw in the Miami airport flying home. <laughs> there, you, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got uh, here? here. We're, uh, we well, we got time. Uh, Jack Dorsey square. Yeah. Bitcoin right. wallets. Uh, so it looks to me as though uh, Jack is coming out and saying that that Square, which is the company he seemingly actually cares about, 
Um, I think we all know Jack Dorsey is the CEO of Twitter, although I don't know if he knows he's the CEO of Twitter oh, or if he cares about being the CEO of Twitter. Come on, Jack. Come defend yourself. Wrecked. Come on the show. Yeah, come um, talk to us, man. Tell us. Yeah, what's just big. just come jump on here. We, we it'll be an interesting conversation as well. We we won't bring Tyler. He so that you don't have, he doesn't have to yell at you. Um, Bitcoin <laughs> transactions have been a become a booming business for Square, uh, which allows consumers to make purchases using the Cash App and store the currency digitally. Bitcoin revenue at the company climbed. Ooh, that's interesting. You want to take a guess as to what they're the revenue was last year for Bitcoin. What who's what squares revenue squares, for Squares Cash App and store the digital currency. Bitcoin revenue at the company climbed. This is at Square using their purchases made by Cash App. Last Just year. Just take a guess. Last year. I didn't even know that they had it. That they neither that, did I. Even well, what enabled. would you think it is? So you're talking about maybe the fees that they collected through transactions and stuff? I'll I'll read it directly again. It says Bitcoin okay. transactions have become a booming business for Square which allows customers to make purchases using the cash app and store the currency digitally. Bitcoin revenue at the company climbed to, and there's a number. Uh, I'll tell you what, it says to blank from last year, um, uh, last year from 516.5 million in 2019. So what's the blank? Oh, 2019, they were already yeah. at 500? So they've climbed okay. from 500 million Jeez, to man. a new number as of 2020. So my guess was going to be 300 million last year. So if okay. it was over 500 million the year before that, I'm, I'm out. I'm off. Okay. <clears throat> Do you believe it is north or south of $5 billion? Well, $5 billion? <laughs> What? I have no idea now. I thought you were going to say north of a billion, and I was going to say yes. But north of $5 billion? No. It is four point seven no. five billion. Jeez, man, that's insane. I'm gonna call that's it right insane. now. I'm gonna say next year they're gonna do eleven point five billion, or twenty twenty one. The, it's gonna the be amount of money, billion. the amount of money these crypto exchanges are making, you. Uh, I don't know. It blows my mind if you see what they're doing compared to the stock market, right? New York Stock Exchange, who is not open all the time. And True. I don't know, man. Well, that's not even the news. The news is, I, that's just, that was buried in the article. Um, yeah. It's uh, Square is considering making a hardware wallet for right. Bitcoin. Um, and uh, Dorsey said, if we do, we would build it entirely in the open from software to hardware design and in collaboration with the community, which I, I do believe him. Um, it, he does seem to be a very true believer in that space. I know he wants to build um, with Blue Sky, the distributed sort of social media, I'll call it a backplane, yeah. uh, just because that's sort of what it seems to behave like, kind of like Matrix is. So I don't know. It's interesting to see. Uh, I had no idea that they had any form of business around Bitcoin, much less a close to $5 billion yeah. revenue number uh, against it, which is a uh, I, would, I bet a lot of people didn't know that. So I'm, no, I'm willing to yeah. bet that there's, I mean, that's just, you know, I'm one a, one form of applicable use of Bitcoin apparently is to use their cash app. <laughs> dude, and with everything that's happened this year, those numbers are going to be astronomical. Astronomical. Oh, for sure. Like It's going to be crazy. With Coinbase, their first quarter alone, they did like 10x what they did the entire previous year. I believe it. With what happened this year. And I think that that trend's going to keep going for a little while. Yeah. Um, 
is and it's to be growth on big numbers in my opinion so yeah it's wild yeah absolutely uh insane uh but there was another one that i wanted to point out i just don't, I don't want to forget about it because we mentioned um elon musk earlier if you don't know who elon musk is um he's the ceo of tesla uh and he's insane uh he mentioned <laughs> I, this is a I, I think i was disappointed by this but maybe not maybe i don't remember what it was but apparently the Tesla Plaid Plus is is canceled because I the, saw that the normal Plaid is just so good. But I thought I remember because I think I went and priced a Plaid Plus just to you know go for kicks, and I think it yeah. was like I think it was like one twenty or something like yeah, that that I looked right. at or something like that. Uh, and I think one thing that I really liked about it because clearly I'm a stickler for this is that I thought it had a, a larger battery option Correct. inside of yeah. it. And the fact that that's going away makes me a little nauseous. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I, I, that that just bothers me a lot. So yeah. I don't know if what were your thoughts uh, when you saw this. Well, so my thought was, yeah, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense because whenever whenever I was going and, and comparing them and pricing them all out and all that kind of stuff, just to see like what really is this, it didn't seem like that much more of an advantage or, or, or of an uptake in capability on the car because plaid is already putting the car at like zero to 60 sub two second 1.9 right which is insane like yeah to go faster than that you have to break the laws of physics i can do that it just doesn't i mean i guess you can get to all-wheel drive i mean it really comes down to fine-tuning exactly the weight and grip and acceleration and all this kind of stuff um, to, to do any better. And if you are going to do any better, you're not going to do that much better. So, I mean, what if I said, I didn't of, care about the zero to 60 being 1.9 seconds. I, like, well, plaid is enough for that. <laughs> I, I think because the whole point of plaid, the, the marketing behind plaid is that acceleration, right? It's from space balls where they go so fast that they right. just go into plaid. Right. Well, Plaid Plus, I guess to that to that point is you can't like how much faster can you really go? That that's my only point. Now, if they say instead Plaid Plus just means uh, you know longer range, then great, fine. You know, I don't know, but I don't know why they're pulling. Yeah, I just because uh, it. I think the uh, it says it somewhere in the article here. Hold on, let me find it. Okay. Yeah, here it is. Plaid Plus was supposed to have a range of more than 520 miles right that yeah, was like like for instance whenever i was looking at uh whenever i was looking at it and i i mean i wasn't i wasn't planning on actually buying it it was more of a, a pricing exercise i right. didn't yeah, even consider looking at any other version of the vehicle like i didn't compare plaid versus plaid plus i was only going to get the one that had that whatever that maximum range was. Sure. So, yeah. and, I, and I recognize that most people don't think about that. A lot of people don't understand the way batteries work in general. So they just, they just don't think about it. But like it, it bothers me that, that they got rid of that. I sat here and I just did, look, looked at the, what, what's 80% of 520? 416. It's still on the website, actually. Well, then I'm going to buy it now. Before... Well, it says you can't actually buy it. <clears throat> Dang it. So what if I buy uh, it with long Bitcoin? range? So that you might want to just look at doing the long range. I don't know the difference there. I'm trying to pull it up, but well, it shows long range on here, but it doesn't say. Yeah, well, long range is four hundred. Just a picture. Yeah, long range is four hundred twelve miles, um, at seventy five k plaid. So, and that's only dual motor, 
right? All wheel drive. Mm -hmm. And then if you go up to plaid, it's tri-motor all wheel drive, 114 K and your range drops from 412 to 390. Eh. Uh, and your top speed is now 200 miles an hour and zero to 60, 1.99 seconds down from a paltry 3.1 seconds, which is still stupid fast. And then plaid plus you used to be able to click, but now you can't click it anymore. Uh, but it says it's 145 K and that it'll be available in mid 2022. But well, uh, it won't be because it's yeah, canceled. Right. It won't be. So that's disappointing. Paul, give us your thoughts. I'm sure you yeah. have. Some. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I found the details on it though. So it's saying the acceleration is supposed to be less than 1.99 seconds, which again, how much faster can you get? Maybe 1.98, whatever. Sounds like um, it's 1.9 total, right? So yeah, 0 well, it's 0.09. A, it says less fastest. than 1.99. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, the, the point here is Plaid Plus goes from Plaid's range being 390 to Plaid Plus is 520 plus miles. So still with the tri-motor all-wheel drive. So that, that was the thing. You know, you're going to get another 130 miles out of it. That's a good thing. But so yeah, much thing. bigger battery. Yeah, I guess what, maybe they're it, having some uh, it, challenges. I, I guess I, we need to have Paul on to ask this. I'll ask you, see if Probably. you know. Is it possible to swap out a battery in an electric car? Yes. I recognize it wouldn't be like a you walk in and you just like pull it out and put another one in. Someone You have to take it to Tesla, I'm sure, to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, it can be done. Well, first of all, Russ, anything is possible. Believe in yourself. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Second of all, yes, you can do that. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> Uh, have we, have, have you ever seen anything like quoted prices or anything like that on it? No, for doing that? No. Yeah. I'm just curious. Okay, cool. I'm glad to know you can do it, but it's probably expensive. It probably is expensive. Yeah. I imagine it's probably one of those expenses that says just go buy a new car, but well, just... and yeah, I mean, so Tyler and I were looking at it. I think we might've talked about it on the show in the past, um, but Tyler was trying. So I've experienced buying wrecked cars online. And yep. he was wanting to mess around with potentially buying a wrecked Tesla, taking the battery out from inside of it and creating a Tesla Powerwall out of a Tesla battery. I do remember us talking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even still, if you go buy a just totally, you know, wrecked Tesla, it's still, I think even with like, we were looking at some of the auctions and it was still a day out from ending and it was like 17K, 18K, 20K, oh, wow. Yeah, you know. So people are trying to get at those batteries. They're like the iPhone of cars. They just hold value regardless of what happens to them. I guess, man. I don't know. Um, speaking of iPhone, and I know you got to go. Uh, today is Worldwide Developer Conference Day. I think it starts it today. Like. Starts, starts. I'm pretty today. sure it yeah, goes for a couple days, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it starts today. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what to expect iOS 15 with updated notifications and iMessage revamp of iPad OS home screen, new Apple Silicon chips and MacBook pro on and on and on. I guess whenever that's done, we can maybe bring Darren and uh, Tim on and they can just have a field day talking about it. <laughs> there, well, there is a, uh, it's worth noting that it, apparently they do have a separate event right after WWDC ends after the keynote today mm -hmm. that is specifically for spatial audio so it's like oh. it starts at um it says 3 p.m eastern so i guess they have some additional event sort of tacked on to wwcd that's at least that's the way it's um it's sort of labeled i don't know if it's a part of the keynote or not but the way it reads to me is 
uh, it says apparently, or Apple apparently has a spatial audio event right after today's WWDC keynote. So that's um, gotcha. just something to be aware of uh, that they're kind of tuning in to do. So it uh, could be one of their maybe bigger announcements. I don't, I'm not real sure. Um, not a huge audio guy, but something to be aware of in, in addition to WWDC. Cool, man. Um, you got time for me to just talk real quick on the subscription yeah. economy stuff? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so this is an article. I think I saw this one in The Hustle. Uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. Pretty sure this is from The Hustle. Uh, but the government is trying to, the U.S. government, excuse me, I know we're listened to across the world, um, but the U.S. government specifically here is trying to regulate the fast-growing $650 billion subscription economy. And it goes on to say, you know, pretty much anything that's out there, you can get subscriptions to. The economy is now so large and proje projected to hit 1.5 trillion by 2025. It's growing faster than the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission can regulate it, as the Washington Post reported. And they're responding to the FTC is trying to respond to two major consumer complaints. Uh, but the agency is understaffed, as it says. But anyway, so right now, the two big complaints, the two big gripes are the first is negative option billing, right? Many subscription companies use negative option marketing, which is when a customer's inaction serves as permission to be charged. Sure. Right. It's like yep. when you forget to cancel a trial. So you get enrolled for a full month, et cetera. Yeah. Um, hate it. There was, yeah. There were even some um, that, that got whacked with fines. Um, there was a, what does it say here? A beauty supplement company, NutraClick. I don't know what that is, but uh, it had to change its practices and repay $350,000 for offering free samples. And then they turned those into subscriptions through negative action or negative option, which is yeah. insane. Dumb. The other one is uh, how difficult subscriptions are to cancel, right? So... Yeah, get, I, uh, I've, I've had a few of those where you can't just like go on to the website and click cancel. Uh, you have to send their support an email and then three days later, just so happens to be one day post your renewal uh, that, yeah. uh, that they respond back. Or you have to call in and you call into the line they give you and then they transfer you to someone else and it's supposed to be a customer retention specialist of some kind and you have to explain to them exactly why. Right? There needs to... One big benefit of like the you know changing to digital subscriptions of all sorts of different kinds where you would pay monthly for whatever it is a tv service like youtube tv versus getting direct tv where you have a two-year contract is the ability to jump on and jump off fairly easily and then just have to deal with stuff like that is incredibly frustrating so yeah uh, i get it uh, i also f struggle with the fact that with these changing models, the influence is, is that there's a million different streaming services. And it goes so far as I can't watch Dallas Mavericks, uh, Dallas Stars, or Texas Rangers regular season games, or in some instances, even a playoff game because of a dispute between, say, mm -hmm. YouTube TV and now Bally Sports. And it looks like Bally doesn't even want to come to the table for a negotiation because, lo and behold, they will launch their own streaming service next year. Yeah. Cool. So I'll just have another, whatever it is, $7.99 right. subscription. So now I pay $4,000 for my TV service instead of my $180 <laughs> that I paid before that, you know, where people complained about having too many channels. It's like, yeah. at what point in time does it become better just to go back to satellite? Like, it's just insane how right. many of these uh, 
different streaming services are. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely hate it. And and there's a, so on that second gripe with subscriptions being hard to cancel, um, basically they have a requirement, business have a requirement to provide quote, a simple mechanism to cancel, but that's not even defined, right? So the problem here is that you're subject to the company's simple mechanism of, you need to write a letter and send it to this address and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's simple in our mind, right? Uh, But anyway, so what's interesting is that Amex and Visa are trying to team up with the FTC as well as what it looks like it reads here because they're the ones that get all the complaints whenever these subscription billing just keep going on and they can't um, they can't actually cancel it. So they go to their credit card company and they say, hey, I need you to just cancel my card because I yep. can't seem to cancel my subscription with these people. And now they're dealing with the churn of canceling and having to send out other cards and all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've seen instances where it was easier just to cancel your card and get a new one, which yeah. is an insane notion. They haven't deal with it. I remember thinking to myself, when I moved to this house, I canceled um, Dish Network. And I just remember I had to call them, which was annoying in and of itself, but I called them and I spoke to the guy and I was like, Hey, um, so I need to cancel my account. And he was like, okay, cool. I'll get you over to such and such to cancel it. And then this other lady came on and goes, okay, so I understand you need to cancel your account. And I was like, yep. And she goes, okay, cool. You're all canceled. Um, you know, if you ever want to come back, please come see us. And I was like, what? Like, that's, that's what just happened. And and she was like, That's yeah, awesome. no, we're good. And I was like, I may actually come back to you for something. Because even though I had to call them, which I didn't want to do, when I did call them, they didn't fight it at all. They're just like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're confirmed. You're canceled. Um, we'll send you a box and you can send all the equipment back, you know, within the next you know, month or two or whatever. So That's yeah, awesome. that was actually a good experience on the call, even though I didn't want to make the call. So good for you, Dish Network. Uh, so yeah, we should probably shut this down right now because lightning is starting to hit and I'm getting some power flashes and I'm surprised oh. my system didn't go down. I also just realized that I am in fact wearing a Tesla plaid shirt. Oh, right now. <laughs> Look at you. I'm and wearing uh, the movie that was made fun of by Spaceballs in order oh, to create the Tesla plaid shirt. So <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, that was well done. That's uh, and anyways, uh, on that note, that will do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast, as I also hear a crazy amount of thunder outside for our probably 40th consecutive day of rain here in Texas, which is getting very frustrating. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. Please like everything, share it, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers to check us out. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Peace. Later. <laughs>